0: Hello, this is uh, Pastor Scott Kirkoff again. I'm here with my wife, Sonia. Hello. We are here for the second lesson in our audio uh, confirmation course. Again, uh, the material that I am uh, gleaning from is Applying Luther's uh, Catechism, the uh, Voyager's Edition, which is put out by Concordia uh, Concordia Publishing House. But the, the questions that I come up with are some of my own. And also some of theirs so I want to give a shout out uh, to that material so we're in a lesson number two the topic at hand for this lesson is going to be called uh, law and gospel our loving God speaks to us through his word so we're going to be examining how God speaks to us through his word or the Bible but before we uh, get into the lesson like everything we need to start off with prayer and and I've kind of created what I call my Bible prayer, and I think it's important. We want to respect uh, God's word, and so it's important for us to be open to God's word, inspired by God's word, to believe in God's word, to listen to God's word, and to expect great things to happen in our lives because of God's word. So that's the Bible, the B open, be inspired, believe, listen, and expect great things. So with that, let's fold our hands and have prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this beautiful day, and we ask you as we begin this uh, second lesson in confirmation that we be open to God's Word, that we're inspired by it, that we believe it, we listen to God's Word through the power of the Holy Spirit and we expect great things to happen in our lives because of God's Word. With that, we make our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so as we uh, get into this uh, second lesson, we're going to come up, start off with the first question. And I'll let uh, Sonia ask that question, and then I will r- gladly respond to it.
1: Great. Question number one. What are the two great doctrines of Christianity?
0: Okay, so you're going to hear... Um, law gospel that is something that you're going to hear all the way through confirmation it's going to be something that you're going to hear all the way through your life in the church in the lutheran church is the proper distinction between law what is law and what is gospel so it is law and gospel which gets into our second question
1: okay our second question is what is the law and i'm going to read from the book of exodus From the Old Testament, starting at the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 17. So hang in there. Okay. All right. Our title of this section in the Bible is The Ten Commandments. And God spoke all these words I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above, or on earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreign residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that was in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And this ends our reading.
0: Okay, so so what is the law? It is God's instructions for human beings on how we are supposed to be living our life. It is the, the instruction manual uh, of life. Obviously, the, the problem with that is, is well, first of all, is they, they make common sense. Everything in there makes sense. But the problem is, is we fall short of it on our own so so that is the concept of the law it is god's instructions for every human being uh for living life okay what is the gospel
1: okay gospel can be summed up out of the book of john which is in the new testament it's one of the four gospels chapter 3 verse 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life.
0: Okay, so the gospel is that that Jesus, the Son of God, has been given to the world for those who believe him for salvation. That is the gospel. So you have the law and the gospel sort of summed up in those two concepts. Okay, question number four.
1: Okay, number four. What are three things that the law does for
0: us? Okay, so this is my favorite analogy for talking about the law or the need for the law. Usually, uh, when somebody turns 15, 16, they might get their uh, learner's permit for driving, and then eventually they get their driver's license. some states, it's 17. But before you're allowed to drive a car, you have to learn the rules of the road. That's the idea. So without rules of the road, people cannot safely get to where they're trying to go. So there has to be a common understanding of how to be driving cars on the road. Um, There's two parts to that. Number one is, is that if somebody is not obeying the road laws themselves, they can get you in a wreck. The other one is if you're not obeying them, you can wreck with somebody else or you can get a wreck by yourself. So it's very dangerous to not keep the laws. So we need traffic laws. And those engineers that design those roads um know what they're talking about they know what they're doing it's like when people are driving up from florida back up to indiana when i was growing up they get into ice and it's there's signs that say you know watch out for black ice and if you're driving too fast a lot of people would get themselves in trouble because they didn't uh, take heed to the road signs uh for their safety they thought that they could disobey the laws and they, they would be okay and that was a problem okay so the, the law does three things for us in life. It, it serves as a curb, a mirror, and a guide. So let me use the road laws again. The greatest gift that has happened in uh, roads in the last 20 years is the rumble strips on the side of the road, both in the middle <laughs> and on the side. So why do they put them there? Because when people fall asleep, they have a tendency to drift either to the left or to the right, which happens. People get sleepy. And the rumble strips wake them back up. Okay, so that's kind of like being a curb. It, it wakes you up. It serves as a mirror um, so that you can look and see what things really look like, not what you think they look like, but what they actually uh, look like. So that is a curb. That's a mirror, excuse me. And then finally as a guide um, is it's directing you to where you need to go. And I'll use a, a good analogy of this. It would be um, GPS particularly in the last 10 years, um, you can now move to new parts of the country and get around just like a local because the GPS kind of guides you to where you want to be. So the law, the Ten Commandments, is doing three things. It's serving as a curb to make sure that we don't get too far off of where we need to be in life. It's a mirror. It shows us the reality of how we're actually doing. And then it's a guide. It shows us the best way to live our life great but the problem is is that we disobey it because of sin we think that we're smarter than god and so we have a tendency to push against the law and even when we try to keep the law we fall short so that's the problem the law is good and useful but it shows that we can't save ourselves thus we need to look to the gospel for hope and that's another reason for the law and what does the gospel do for us um Think about it this way, you were driving um, 65 and a 55, and the police pull you over. And the first thing he's going to ask is, do you know how fast you were going? And if you say, yes, I was doing 65 miles an hour. And he says, well, why were you doing 65 miles an hour? You might say, well, my wife is right next door to me here in the the passenger seat and she's pregnant and she's having a baby. Well, the policeman's probably not going to write you a ticket for that. He's going to probably show you grace. And God shows us grace for disobeying his laws. So it, that's the concept of grace. It, it doesn't mean that we get arrogant in it. He'll probably say, slow down, if he's going to give you a ticket. And he'll probably say, I pulled you over for your safety, but I'm just going to give you a warning. So that's, that's grace. That's, that's gospel. That's good news. right? Even though you deserve it, he doesn't necessarily uh, give it to you. Do you have any other uh, comments on gospel that you think? No?
1: Forgiveness of sins, if you want to go down
0: that route. Well, yeah, but we talked about that. Okay, so now we're going to get into some uh, Bible passages and to determine if it's law or if it's gospel.
1: Okay, so we're going to have a series of scripture texts that we're going to look up and decide whether it's law or gospel. The first one comes from the book of Isaiah, which, of course, is in the Old Testament, almost in the exact middle of the book. So it's Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. Please listen. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and he held, he was held in low self-esteem. So is this law or gospel?
0: Um, well, I guess on how you look at it. I guess you'd say it's law that they didn't respect him, but it's gospel that he went through the struggle for us. So on that one, I'll say it just depends on the perspective. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: All
0: right. Next question.
1: All right. Um, our next reading comes from the book of Deuteronomy, which is in the Old Testament, one of the first five books of, um,
0: books of, Moses.
1: The books of Moses and it's Deuteronomy chapter six, verses six and seven. Okay. And this is where I begin. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up.
0: Okay, that's clearly law because it's talking about the Ten Commandments. This next passage is going to be Matthew 19, verse 6.
1: Okay, and specifically the second part of it, but I'm going to read the entire verse. So they are no longer two, but of one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. The focus is what God has joined together, let no one separate.
0: That's law. Gospel? No, what God has joined together. So that's the good news what God has joined together. Okay, so that's gospel. Okay. All right. Which is law and gospel in situations? Okay. First one is, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know. Law or gospel?
1: Definitely gospel.
0: Definitely gospel. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Uh, Next one is, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Law or gospel? That's law. It's guidance. Heaven is a gift of God. Law or gospel? Definitely gospel. That's gospel. Yep, I agree with that too. Uh, Jesus lived, died, and to save us from our sin. Law or gospel?
1: definitely gospel screaming gospel and salvation
0: correct okay (laughs) right okay uh next question question number eight uh why did god give us rules uh to live by this is going to be taken from paul's letter to the uh, the romans uh, the second chapter verses 14 and 15
1: great and i have that for you okay Indeed, when Gentiles, who do not have the law, do by natural things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing to witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times, even defending them.
0: Okay, so the concept here is, if you are obeying the traffic laws, and you don't have to worry about a policeman pulling you over for speeding. If you're doing the speed limit, then you're not breaking the law. You're within the law, right? See, the problem with sin is, is that we have a heavy foot. But but he basically what Paul is saying here is, is that. When people do the right thing unto themselves, the law is already fulfilled because they're keeping the law. The problem is when you break the law. You need policemen to pull people over when they're speeding, not for doing the right thing, but for doing the wrong thing. That's the idea of what he's pointing out there. Okay. So the next question then it's going to say is, what is the difference between moral law, ceremonial law, and political law? All right. Moral law is what we just talked about, the Ten Commandments. That's moral law. What each one of us is supposed to do individually. The right thing for everybody to do uh, all the time. Ten Commandments. Ceremonial law. The Jews also had law for ceremony. Uh, The temple has been destroyed, so a lot of that is no longer relevant. But it was like how sacrifices were supposed to be performed. Uh, Proper vestments for the, the priest to wear at certain times and certain seasons. That was ceremonial law. And a lot of that revolved around the temple. But Jesus is the fulfillment of, of that, right? And then political law. That's just the law of the land. And that is going to be um, in terms of, uh, in, in the United States of America, we're in a democracy and the debate that happens, you know the separation of powers, executive branch, congressional, exec, you know, uh, judicial, uh, that kind of stuff. So there is different types of law, but the Ten Commandments relates specifically to you the moral law. So, next question is: Why are the Ten Commandments useful anytime and anywhere for human beings? Because anytime you are living, then this is how you're supposed to be living. If you're going to get in the car and drive, um, anytime you pull the car out of the driveway, you're under traffic law. Period. And same with the moral law, the Ten Commandments. If you are alive and you're a human being these laws relate to you this is God what God has said we are supposed to be uh, doing with our lives okay uh, question number 11 is we're going to read uh, Romans uh, chapter 3 verse 20 and the question is how does the law make us uh, conscious of our sin you hear that?
1: Okay. yes all right Romans New Testament chapter 3 verse 20 therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight." By the works of the law, rather through the law, we become conscious of our sin,
0: like so, a mirror. Yeah. So, so ba- yes. So, so what Paul is saying here is, is the law is useful because it it tells us how we're supposed to be living our life, how we're supposed to be drive the proper way to drive the car. There you go. Okay. All right. Last thing is, um, why is the gospel the only thing that truly changes people for the better? Let me just simply say, as a, as a prison chaplain, I learned something very simply, and that was this. We had rules of the prison. So we had laws, for, we, we basically had laws for people who couldn't obey the law, and that's why they're in prison. And when they would uh, disobey the, those laws, then then they would be punished. They could go into solitary confinement. Uh, we could take away uh, commissary rights and visitations. There was a lot of ways we could punish them. But I used to tell the administration, the captain and the warden, I would say what chaplains do is if I can get an inmate to do the right thing without us telling him to do the right thing, then it's done. He's doing it not because we're forcing him to do it, because he realizes that this makes his life better. So the idea is if you want to truly change somebody, you don't change them from the outside in, you change them from the inside out. If you can change a person to see life as being different, that God's way of living is the right way of living life. And I don't want to go at it whether however the secular world tells me to do it or how I think I should do it, but instead how God says to do it, then that's a win. And that's why the gospel is the only thing that changes it. The gospel says you're free to live your life, but freedom has requirements, right? You you need to be conscious of how you respond to the freedom that God has given to you. Okay? There's responsibilities to the freedom that you've been given. All right, Uh, we're kind of running out of time. So so three takeaways from this lesson. Uh, Number one is understand that the two great doctrines of the church is law, gospel. Uh, Number two is that the moral law is the 10 commandments. So that's what we really drill down for each individual person. And finally, I would say is number three is that the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection, salvation for you. And as we went through some of those uh, circumstances, um, you can see where where law is applied and where gospel is applied, but you can't have... uh, they, They go hand in glove. You need law and gospel. I need to be reminded of how I'm supposed to be living my life, but I also need to be reminded of the grace that God has given me to live life so that I am free to live my life without fear. Okay? Anything else you want to add? Are we good?
1: I think you summed it up quite well today. Okay,
0: that's a lot in a very short time frame, but I think it it makes the points. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to uh, speaking with you on lesson number three. Have a wonderful day.
1: Bye.